It appears that Jacinta was the most mystic among you. <laughs> yes, she was. She was that way. She had a gift. Jacinta was exceptionally blessed with a true devotion to Mary. She gave herself to God as a complete gift. She understood that the Immaculate Heart was a conduit through which God's graces flow, and that we are to ask for them. She also understood that the peace of the world had been entrusted to Mary, and the Rosary was the aid to achieve this. Jacinta became a victim soul for the salvation of sinners. Saint Jacinta teaches us patience and total acceptance of God's will. Fatima is an uplifting story about the power of faith, coming soon to theaters nationwide. Learn more about this message of hope and peace for our times at BlueArmy.com. It's truth, hope, and a look at life you won't get anywhere else. The Drew Mariani Show on Relevant Radio. It's 34 minutes past the hour. I'm Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com, filling in for Drew today, taking your calls at 888-914-9149. St. Jacinta was uh, given extraordinary graces to take on heroic sacrifices uh, according to Lu uh, Lucia, she also had mystical experiences beyond the apparitions. She was gifted with the vision of the mission of salvation, joining our Lord in his mission on earth. And Our Lady taught her how to pray the rosary with her heart. She had several visions after the July apparition in which she saw visions of the war that was to come and of the Holy Father with his head bowed. And he was crying while people were outside the door shouting and cursing. This caused her to pray for the Holy Father intently. Here to dis discuss more about this, tell us a little bit more about BlueArmy.com, which is the world apostolate uh, of, um, uh, excuse me, the, the world apostolate of, um, of Our Lady Fatima, is David Corolla, who is Corolla, who's here with us, uh, executive director of the world apostolate of Fatima USA. He's a lifelong Blue Army member. He served on the national board in various capacities, including as president, and is a member of the International Board of the World Apostolate of Fatima. He's a regular speaker at Marian Conferences, Catholic Universities, and the Fatima Shrine in Portugal. And you can find out more at BlueArmy.com. BlueArmy.com. David, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks, Ed. Good to be with you again today. Well, good to have you with us. And uh, just a really quick mention, uh, the, uh, the, the uh, Blue Army of, uh, uh, is going to have a marathon of prayer on Thursday, uh, August correct. 13th. Uh, tell yes. us a little bit about that to start off, because uh, that sounds very, uh, very exciting. Yeah, it's going to be a, really a great day. With uh, um, his Eminence, uh, Cardinal Burke, will be with us that day. So we're very honored to, to welcome him here to New Jersey, and we will have our mass. And of course, we're we're getting back to normal here with our our, our crowds. Sometimes would be you know the three five thousand people. Well, we haven't seen those kind of crowds this year, but we're having our virtual events as well as our on-site events, and with our social distancing and an outdoor shrine that seats uh, 1500 under the roof uh we're allowed to have a lot more than many of the churches right now and uh and it's because it's very difficult for churches as you all know you spoke about that with your last guest i mean here is a, right. a tough situation and even in our chapels here we have to limit the indoor chapels but outside and stretching out it's been it's been great especially if the weather's good and people are beyond the roof with their lawn chairs so we're looking forward to a great day with the eminence walking them back here and uh it's gonna be a great time with a um and all that's available to be viewed on our um, our media uh, through BlueArmy.com and, of course, Facebook. And that's starting at uh, noon uh, Eastern time on Thursday, the 13th. Yeah, the links are already on the page at BlueArmy.com. It's right on the front page, so you'll be able to, 
You'll be able to uh, put that up. you got the Watch Live button, the Marathon Schedule button right there. So uh, go to BlueArmy.com. That's, it's and we, wa- yeah, we welcome people to send in their, their prayer requests and everything for the day because we have a Rosary Procession followed by a beautiful uh, spe- uh, a talk by uh, Father Matt Mariello from Connecticut. We'll be very Mariologist. We'll speak on Our Lady. And, of course, His Eminence will... Um, We'll uh, lead the Mass. We'll, we'll be the celebrant at the Mass at 115. So we're looking forward to a great day here. All right. So, David, the, 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 the movie Fatima is coming. Of course, we heard that clip from, in part from the, um, from the trailer of the film Fatima. And I think it's going to be released in about three weeks. And I've seen it. It's terrific. And you've been part of it. And so you already know it's terrific. Um, one of the things, though, that I think that you get a sense of in this is and this is something I think that comes up a lot when you're talking about Fatima and some of the other visionaries of the other apparitions, is that you don't necessarily think of them as different individuals with different gifts, different callings, different responses to the apparitions that they have. And I think the movie does does give a sense of that, right? I mean, it really does show each of the each of the children individually and and how how they approach what happened to them. All of them were different in their spirituality, too. And uh, so tell us a little bit about how Jacinta and her response to Our Lady's request differ from the response of uh, Francisco and and her cousin Lucia. Yeah, and I I think, Ed, you know, I think if if this movie does one thing that really puts it over the wall, to use a baseball analogy, is is how it brings out the personalities of of the seers, these these young children. I mean, look look at what's foisted on. I mean, you know, of course, we think of Sister Lucia, her lifelong time in the convent, and the many uh, many things she said, and the people she communicated with over many years, and that was all beautiful. But you look at at, at the two younger ones; they died within two and three years of the apparitions. And here is here is the Jacinta. You know, her faith was very very simple. She, of course, was the youngest of the three. Maybe that explains it to a degree. You know, the simplicity of a child. Right. Our Lady told them that she and Francisco would be taken to heaven soon, you know, you know, knowing that they could save many souls by what they had already been taught just by living lives of sacrifice and penance. I, I think this young girl really understood the urgency of embracing the mission, knowing that she wouldn't have many years to do it. And I think she, like her brother, did not look to having a long life. They had been told they were going to go to heaven, and they wanted to go. And, and instead, you know, she worked, you know, to make every moment count, you know. This is something that we can all learn from. You know, as, as you said, Our Lady taught her how to pray the rosary with her heart. Wow. You know, don't, that we should pray for the same thing, that we can pray with our heart. I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times I'm saying a rosary, and then I get to, and I'm not even sure what, what decade I'm on. You know, we, we, we get so right. distracted with everything we do. And, you know, and, and I think... I mean, I think that that's really, you know, and they say, see, our lady actually came to Jacinta a number of times afterwards, you know, and she, she asked her, would she stay on earth longer, longer than Francisco, if it would help to save souls? And she said yes. And some have said that just by that simple yes, she may have saved a quarter of a million souls. I don't know if that's really documented, but that has been talked about. And I truly believe it, because, because the zeal that these young children had, and especially her with this, this really simplicity and this little simple girl, um, she knew nothing else. I think she just knew nothing else, nothing more than the charity that she, was, um, that she had committed herself to, because this is what it's about, charity for souls. Charity for souls and uh, and uh, it's sacrifice too. I mean, this is it, she 
she had an extraordinary sacrifice. She did not have an easy death. And uh, this is, uh, you know, it's sort of a heart, in, in terms of how we see the world, it's heartbreaking, right? This, uh, what happened, but, but we know that she is, uh, you know, that, that, that she is with, with the Lord in a very special way as one of these visionaries. What, what can we take away from how she approached that, um, how, she, uh, how she maintained her fidelity through all of the things that she went through in her short life? Yeah, and think about it. I mean, just the difficulty, one, of becoming sick at such a young age, okay? Being separated from her family. She died alone in a hospital in Lisbon. You know, Lisbon in those days, I mean, up until up until the motorway went in, what, 20-some years ago, <laughs> it was, I mean, even by car, it was a two-and-a-half-hour journey from Lisbon to Fatima, and in those days, it was a heck of a lot longer. And right. I think that, 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 you know, she was away from her family. She was a young girl, my goodness, you know, and uh, I, I can't, I was never away from my parents when I was that age, and I, I can't imagine what it would be like to be on your own. And here she is in, in, in a hospital and an orphanage back and forth where she's being treated for this severe illness. You know, and it's just it's three years after the apparitions of Our Lady, and I think we touched on this before. You know, but you know, here we are now dealing in this world with a pandemic three years after the centennial apparitions. It's like history is just you know, comp- you know, just repeating itself. And maybe is a coincidence? I, I I think not. You know, it's like like you know, certainly today's modern medicine has allowed this crisis to be much better controlled. Although some would argue, but uh, but the parallels are really glaring. You know. Now, we'd be well served to look at this child saint, you know, for an example of how we can turn suffering into merit. You know, we suffer disease, anxiety, uncertainty at all times. I mean, that's that, that's a human condition, but most especially in times like this. You know, but you know, the thing is, I think whenever we talk about suffering, you got to understand suffering in a Christian sense has an underlying joy to it because there's a merit in that suffering. And sure, there are difficulties, but, you know, the saints really had good dispositions in many cases, most cases, really. And so I think I think we have to remember that, because they knew that they're, they're in union, you know, with God. I mean, you know, and, and she had this great devotion to the Blessed Sacrament, you know, even though her first and only Holy Communion was the precious blood that was given to her by the Angel of Peace in 1916. She never received communion after that, you know. That's an and amazing part had, of the story, yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. And she asked for, but was not given the viaticum on the night she died, which is, it makes you feel kind of sad, you know. It really but does. You think, it doesn't it? Yeah. But, you know, my, my mind and prayers go to those who've been unable to receive the consolation of the sacraments in their last moments during this time. How many people have been deprived of it in the nursing homes and in the hospitals, you know, and the church? All of us, I mean, to a greater degree, those of us who are healthy enough to get to Mass and all that and couldn't, I hope now, with it opening up, we're doing everything in our power to go again and never be deprived of this again, you know. But, you know, I, I think of the devotion that was given to us after Fatima, that of the Divine Mercy, you know, because so many die without the sacraments for a number of reasons today, you know. Some sadly rejected, God help them. Others just do not have access, you know. But we need to implore the mercy for those souls, you know. I mean, she was deprived of sacraments, but, but she certainly did not let it, it defeat her, and she went to sainthood. So we're speaking with uh, David Carollo of BlueArmy.com, the World Apostolate of Fatima, and and taking your calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149 if you've got any questions. Uh, you know, one of the things about Jacinta is that uh, and you talk about suffering, and she she told uh, Lucia that she never uh, that she never tired of telling our Lord and Our Lady of their of her love for them. And then it created this fire in her heart. Now, at the same time, she had severe pain in her heart that, it, that she 
uh, knew was separate from that and that it, she was offering that in reparation. So when you talk about suffering and, and redemptive suffering, I mean, Jacinta really is a model for that. Yeah, yeah. She really is. I mean, you know, and, and again, a child, and a child will lead them. I love that. I love that, that, that scripture verse, but it's so true, you know. I mean, we, we, uh, we need to look to the simplicity of children. Our Lord said, let the children come to me, because they're not, they're not packed. They don't, they're not carrying, we use this term, baggage. You know, we, I, I never liked that term, baggage, but when you talk about adults, you know. But, but the reality is, we do have baggage as we get older, we have, and we doubt, and we think and we think everything out and we and, and 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 when this young girl was asked as were the other two all three of them you know are you willing to offer your lives in prayer and reparation so that sinners will convert okay ask this after they saw that horrible vision of hell and they saw the finality of sin they saw the that actions have consequences you know but are you willing to offer your lives in prayer and reparation so this fate will be avoided by many and they did. And see, that's what was so beautiful. It was just a simple yes. Just like Mary's yes when the angel came to her yes. to become the mother of God. Yes. Okay, be it done unto me according to your word. And I think that's the way we, we have to become that way. We have to, I mean, it's hard. We're, we're, we're you know, we, we are, I think we're a little too smart and too educated and too everything in this world today. But um, I think we're getting a little, a little kick right now uh, in this country and in this world in general. And I think we have to truly, truly Look at the simplicity of children and just, I think, you know, and if we go there on our knees with that rosary in hand, all of these things that are, are tearing our society apart right now, the violence, and it's horrible, and the attacks on the faith, I mean, which are just unbelievable right now, things you'd never imagine could have happened in, in this country particularly. Um, all of this is a result of sin. It's a result of, just like she said, that war was a punishment for sin. All disruption is a punishment for sin because sin brings about an anti-God attitude, and here we are. You know, we've moved away from God, and, and, and the farther away you get from God, there's hatred and chaos. Let's be realistic. We're suffering that right now. And there's disease and everything. And I, I think we just have to, we have to turn back. You know, God's waiting for us. I mean, he, he doesn't want us to be punished. He doesn't want us to hurt. I mean, other than maybe the, the you know, the, 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 the reparative type of thing, maybe right. to, you know, like, like she offered. But quite frankly, no, he doesn't want us. He wants us happy. And we, we truly become happy through this kind of suffering, I think. We are speaking with David Carollo of BlueArmy.com, the World Apostolate of Fatima. We're taking your calls at 888-914-9149. When we come back, we'll take a call from Art in West Allis, Wisconsin, and we're going to delve a little bit further into the Fatima message and maybe delve a little bit into the insights that we can get into the Immaculate Heart of Mary from Fatima. I'm Ed Morrissey, filling in for Drew. We'll be right back. Tweet us your prayer intention anytime. On Twitter, at Drew Mariani Show. The Relevant Radio Studio line is sponsored by Catholic Order of Foresters. Information about employment opportunities and their flexible premium life insurance plans available at relevantradio.com slash forester. The Chaplet of Divine Mercy begins soon on Relevant Radio. It's 51 minutes past the hour. I'm Ed Morrissey of HotAir.com, filling in for Drew today, taking your calls at 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. We're speaking with David Carollo, Executive Director of the World Apostolate of Fatima, USA. That's BlueArmy.com is the website. Art in West Alice has been very patient with us. Art, welcome to the show. Uh, gr- glad to have you with us. 
Welcome, Art. Well, thank you, gentlemen. Uh, you, had, you had mentioned the two-year and, and three-year respective deaths of Jacinta and Francisco. Wasn't it true that Jacinta made her first communion, but that Francisco did not? And I thought that, um, that he had died first and she died afterwards. And I wanted to remind our viewers that the president's wife is Catholic. Okay, Art, thank you very much for, uh, for, you for your questions. And, and David, uh, I'll, I'll leave it to you. You're, you are sure. the expert on this. Well, okay, well, it, it was sister. It was young Lucia who had who had made her first communion. Uh, they, they never, the, the two younger children never did, other than what they received from the angel of peace. Um, they were, they were, um, well, they just never. They didn't live long enough, and they became ill, and, and unfortunately, I mean, of course, they they received many other graces. But the um, uh, the the the, the, the Sister, you know, Lucia was older, and Lucia's mission was going to go on into life, and that's what the difference was with these children. I think we had a, uh, you you have somebody in 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 Jacinta, and primarily, but she and her brother uh, Francisco. Theirs was a simple path to make reparation and pray. Well, Francisco, for example, spent so many hours in church praying in front of the tabernacle, in front of the hidden Jesus, as he used to like to like to refer to him, you know and it was and and Jacinta she was this gregarious little girl and she just wanted she just but she took this message this mission I should say so seriously that she just I, I, after the vision of hell she made a comment that she said I can't understand why anybody would want to go there she said <laughs> it was just it was absolute logic you know <laughs> well you're right I mean why would any and, and and it's saying and that's the operable statement would want to go there because because it's free will that put people there. Let's be realistic, you know. Right. But she had she had a very very I think I'm, truly I think a very healthy attitude about all these things. She understood, you know, what it was, and she was given insights, you know, into into the devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and she understood very much like Saint Louis de Montfort that graces are given to us through the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And people are to ask for them, and that we are that we are to pray to the Immaculate Heart for peace, because God had entrusted and has entrusted that peace to her. Think of today with everything that's going on, all the wars of this last century, everything that's going on. Did, did we really maybe turn to the Immaculate Heart sufficiently? You know, uh, you know, she demonstrated the characteristics of true devotion to Mary, as Saint Louis de Montfort wrote about. You know, a holy interior life, constancy in faith and devotion unaffected by the storms and sufferings of the world around her, but she focused solely on Mary and on Jesus. Well, that's, that's, that's pretty beautiful, you know, I mean, for, for, especially for a young child to comprehend it and to, and to so simply accept it. Well, in Jacinta and Francisco, I think you've mentioned this before, the first non-martyred children canonized in church history. Uh, yeah. That's fairly remarkable. And um, how, how did that... Um, how does that, uh, what, what does that teach us, I guess? And, and how was that determined? What about their, what about their spirituality, um, yeah. brought the, that such merit? Well, and, you know, we say that they were the first non-martyr, excuse me, non-martyred child saints. Well, that's true. They weren't physically martyred, but they accepted martyrdom. If you recall, when true. they were taken away, Jacinta was the first one led away by the authorities and said they were going to boil her in oil. Okay, she was going to be martyred, and she stood up and said, "Take me." So she accepted martyrdom, much like Saint John did. Okay, he wasn't martyred, but he went to he went to his martyrdom. 
He, he survived it. These children survived it, but they accepted it. And that's what, that's what it's all about. You went there as a spirit with the spirit of a martyr. They accepted it, and they were ready to be martyred for God and for the, for the cause. So, so when we say that they were non-martyred saints, I guess it's physically true. But truly, when you think about what mar- martyrdom comes with your will, your, your, your willingness to offer up your life for the faith, and she did, as did Francisco and, and of course, Lucia. So th- th- this is how we have to look at that. Uh, it, it's a little tricky to say that they were non- non-martyrs, which, because obviously physically they weren't, but there is, a, you know, there's like a, there were so many things about her her charism, Jacinta. You know, she she spoke with Lucia at times, and she and she never tired of telling our Lord and Lady of her love for them, and it caused that fire in her heart. And we we touched on that, but she you know she but she had severe pain also that went with it, and she offered that in reparation for the sins committed against the Immaculate Heart of Mary because she wanted to join her suffering heart a result of her illness, I'm sure, with that of Our Lady. And she offered it for the Holy Father. She prayed so much for the Holy Father and for the papacy in general. And she saw the Holy Father in that vision where he was, he was pelted, he was being, being attacked. And her, her statement, you know, poor Holy Father, I have to pray for him. You know, she said that many times because that was very important to her. That she, you know, because the Holy Father represents the Church. Let's be realistic, and I think she understood that he was, as an individual, important, but also who he represented as the Vicar of Christ. And then she saw, you know, the attacks that were coming against the Church. So, and she saw the attacks that were coming against the Church. She also got insight from Our Lady into what it is that most greatly offends God, and and and. Tell us a little bit about what what our, our lady told her about about the sins that most grievously impact uh, the Lord. You know, she told her that well, great, the things that most greatly offend God, including their modesty, impurity. She said the love of money, priests who are not obedient to their superiors in their mission, and marriages that are not of God. You know, and she you know, more people go to hell for sins of the flesh. She said than for any other sin. You know, well, it's kind of scary, especially in our day, where where it seems uh, that <laughs> we've pretty much looked looked aside, at, you know, at, at morality. We've re, we've redefined morality in our in our society today, and it's not this didn't happen overnight. But if this was if this is what she saw 103 years ago, how much worse is it today? I mean, if we looked at the morality of that time compared to today, we would say that we were puritanical in those days. But even then, God was offended by the lack of morality. Imagine how offended he is today by what he's seeing here. It's, it's, it's really, it, it's rather scary if you really, you know, really think of that in comparison. And a century later, I mean, we're, we're coming back around to this, you know, uh, and, and coming back around to the Fatima message. And, of course, with everything that's going on here, we have maybe 30 seconds or less here left. David Carollo, I'm going to go ahead and let you have the last word. What is that message? What should that message mean to us right now in these times? Well, you know, I think what really, really what it is is that, you know, God allows his chosen ones to experience pain and suffering so as to remove them from the world, so to speak, okay, and to have them lead us to more diligently look to the next life, okay? This is what our apostles about. This is what, what prayer is about, the rosary. You know, bluearmy.com, we have many resources, our World Rosary 2020 campaign through our website. You can find that. Practice of the First Saturday's devotion. This is, turn to God, come to prayer, 
And really, I, I'll be honest, I, I, you'll, see, you'll see every trouble we're dealing with in this world today just evaporate. I truly David Carrillo, thank you for being with us. We'll be right back.